Thanks, Tina. My name is Baxter Hines. I am the Chief Operating Officer at Honeycomb Digital Investments. We are a firm that specializes in creating income solutions from the blockchain for our investors. I'm very pleased today to be here with Richard Johnson, the CEO of Texture Capital. For the last several years, uh, the subject that has fallen off the radar in the financial markets may seem to be around the tokenization of, of securities. This was a hot topic back in 2018. Companies had long pursued the visions that are now emerging with their prerequisite history licenses and are coming to market with their preliminary issuances and secondary market solutions. With existing security regulations being applied, there are naturally nuanced approaches that need to be taken across the various jurisdictions in which these companies operate. In Europe, firms such as ArcJax, SmartValor, and the Swiss Digital Exchange have received their licenses. But today, we're going to take a look at the state of play in the US with Richard Johnson, the CEO of Texture Capital, who has recently been authorized to trade securities in the United States. Thanks for being here today, Richard. Hi, Baxter. Good to see you again. You too. I'd like to see if you could just start off and, and tell us how Texture came about. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, so I spent most of my career in, in the securities industry and in, in the trading uh, side of things, uh, worked on a number of different trading desks on Wall Street, moved into the kind of crypto blockchain space around 2014. Um, very, you know, I, I discovered Bitcoin and uh, came at it with a trader's mindset. And then you, you dig a bit deeper and you realize that there's a whole lot of potential to the technology. So kind of pivoted my career towards that space. Um, and then the light bulb moment for me was really back in 2018, if you remember, it was kind of the last bull market, the last time Bitcoin was at uh, 18,000, as it were. Uh, and just after that, um, we had the ICO boom and Jay Clayton, the SEC chairman, came out and uh, he said things like, every ICO I've seen is a security. These platforms need to be registered uh, under the Securities Act or the Exchange Act. Uh, and I agreed with him. Um, uh, I, you know, I actually, I, I thought the technology was amazing and that companies should be able, should have a path to raise capital using blockchain technology and to issue tokens. So that's when I started thinking about starting Texture Capital. Uh, it's been a long journey. Um, we, uh, we filed our paperwork with FINRA and the SEC over a year ago, and we finally got our, our, our approval in September. Um, it's, not, it's normally a six month process, but when you say you're using blockchain, it, it ends up being, you know, double or triple those timelines. So we're excited to move into launch mode here. We have a digital securities license, one of the very few firms in the US to have that. It allows us to conduct private placements in digital form on the blockchain, um, uh, operate a digital securities offering platform, investment advisory, and secondary market trading through a registered ATS, which is an alternative trading system here in the, in the US. Well, congratulations on getting through all those hurdles with, with your regulator. It's exciting to see that you've gotten to this point where you can start really you know, making this, this new technology a reality and start harnessing the, the opportunities that are there. What do you see as the main uh, kind of low-hanging fruits and things that you can take advantage of now that you've, you've gotten your, your licenses? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's any low-hanging fruit. There's a lot of work and everything we need to do here, but we're very much focused on the private markets. Um, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, when people think of, you know, the stock market, they think of NASDAQ and NYSE and things like that. 
Um, but the reality is that the private markets, there are public companies that trade on those exchanges. The public mar markets are actually much bigger. So for example, in the US in 2019, there were $2.7 trillion of issuances in private markets, whereas compared to only $1.2 trillion in public markets. Um, and the other thing is that in private markets, you know, there's, there's not a lot of transparency, it's very opaque. Um, there's not a lot of technology even thing, you know, the, 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 the market structure hasn't really evolved over the last 40 years. I think the biggest evolution we've seen in private markets is probably DocuSign. Um, so we see this as a real opportunity to come in uh, and kind of rebuild the market structure from scratch with blockchain technology. Um, the, you know, the blockchain ledger can create a layer of transparency and, and uh, recording securities ownership and transaction history. And then we apply smart contracts on top of that, which enable kind of programmatic compliance. So in, again, in private markets, there's a lot of very complex rules around resale. Um, such as holding periods, number of holders, uh, and other types of things. But with a digital framework, you can program that all into, into the smart contracts. So that's what we're tackling now. We're tackling the private markets. We're helping companies raise money uh, by doing a digital securities offering. We can tokenize previously issued securities. So we're basically just taking the securities and creating a blockchain record. And I think the main advantage of uh, digital securities is you know, in, in the terms of transfer of value and on the trading side. So like the ATS is gonna be key to a lot of our business strategy. That's terrific. Now there's so much more you can do with these blockchain solutions than what can be done on, on paper today. So uh, what securities do you already have listed or, or do you have in your pipeline? So we, we did just get approved. So we had literally the end of September. So we've really just kind of started you know, accelerating our go-to-market strategy. Um, it's going very well. We're talking to about 10 different issuers about coming onto the platform. Um, what's interesting here, I don't know if this is the same in, in, in other parts of the world, but real estate is a big focus. Uh, and there's a lot of interest in real estate uh, companies or, or funds doing tokenization on the blockchain. Um, I think the reason for that is that, you know, let's think about it. Real estate is a massive asset class. It's everywhere, of course. And it's also very liquid. Um, so, you know, a lot of fund structures here, um, they're like maybe seven, five years, seven years, 10 years, people are locking up their money, but the returns generally speaking have been very good. So there's a lot of demand for getting into these types of investments, but there's low liquidity. So that's a real, that's kind of the sweet spot for, for using blockchain technology. So I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, yeah, real estate entities coming onto the platform. Um, also seeing some interest in, uh, like VC type funds. There's already been a few of those that are out there. Um, but we're targeting, you know, we're targeting any type of company, doesn't have to be a blockchain company, um, to, to kind of, you know, to come in and use this and, and, and uh, you know, ha have some transparency, uh, be able to connect better with investors, and also be able to offer secondary market liquidity to, to their investors and to their employees. That's terrific. In what jurisdictions are you able to service right now? Just the USA. Um, it's the, you know, it's the biggest capital markets in the world. So that's the one we want to work in. Okay. Well, well, maybe since we are uh, now back on the U.S., talk just a little bit about the regulatory environment there and, and really what you are, are seeing. What's this whole process of, of getting uh, regulatory compliant? What's that look like for you? Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's um, it, I think that's obviously the big difference with crypto is that, you know, a, a, you know, a crypto token can, you know, trade in you know, Japan and then Europe and then the US very easily. It's not the same with security tokens um, because they're kind of confined by the jurisdiction they're in. So the way they behave 
in the US is, is likely different to how they behave in, in other types of jurisdictions. I think hopefully we, one of the goals is to have this you know, global 24-7 trading for security tokens. A lot of people talk about that. I think we're a long way away from that. We need to kind of do the basic stuff in our, in our own backyards first. Um, you know, it, the regulatory environment has been, uh, you know, it's been challenging. I think, um, you, know, there, you know, there was a lot of, you know, like going back to the ICO boom as well, a lot of people, regulators were looking at this and, and, and you know, trying to separate, you know, the, the, the good projects from the bad and figure out what was really going on and figure out a framework for companies like Texture to move forward. So, you know, that, that's been a slow process, but there's been a lot, you know, it's, it's been a lot of change recently. Um, I don't want to get into too much detail here, but there's a no action, couple, couple of no, no action letters from the SEC in, in recent months indicating that they're kind of changing their tone a little bit. We've also, you know, in case you missed the news, had an election here, and that means there's going to be a change in, uh, in, in fact, Jay Clayton's already resigned. So there's going to be a change in leadership at the SEC. So we could go in a different direction there. And I think just kind of another little tidbit might be interesting. There's a senator, a new senator got elected um, from Wyoming who is uh, very pro-Bitcoin. Uh, I saw something this morning saying she intends to educate the, the rest of the co of Congress about Bitcoin as, and has previously invested, I think, in state funds into, into crypto assets. So that's going to be a very positive voice to have on Capitol Hill. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I think a lot of companies, a lot of, you know, they moved offshore out of the U.S. Uh, you, know, you know, there was a, a little bit of regulatory arbitrage going on for a while with jurisdictions like you know, Gibraltar or Malta kind of popping up and being very crypto friendly or, or blockchain friendly. But I think, um, you know, that that's kind of changing, at, at least, you know, I, I do think regulatory attitudes are improving here in the US and they're getting more comfortable with it. And it's never, you know, it's never going to be a revolution. It's going to be an evolution. And we're happy that we're part of that system where there are regulators and we want to work with them to bring this whole space forward. Now, it sounds like we're definitely headed in the right direction and making making progress. Maybe also talk just a little bit about the ecosystem that you deal with. So obviously you, you got an, an ATS license, but maybe talk just a little bit about who else you have to work with, whether it's custodians or transfer agents, who else um, really makes all of this stuff happen? Yeah, that's a very good question. Custodians and transfer agents are key. Um, I think a transfer agent is called a registrar in the UK, but they basically record the official ledger of ownership. Um, you basically have to have one of those involved here in the US, otherwise you can't do it. A lot of people say, oh, but blockchain is the record of ownership and, and, and let's use that. Well, we're not there yet here. There needs to be the transfer agent in the middle. Uh, and custodians are another key feature as well. Um, and that's been one of the things that the regulators have struggled with. If you think about, let's take Bitcoin, who, you, know, who's cust you, know, you can custody it on your, on your private key, but you know, the, you, there's concerns. What if other people, you know, if you, if you took that framework into crypto, into security tokens, what if other people had the private key? How can you ensure that, that it's safe? So you really do need a completely new framework for custody, different from crypto and different from regular securities when you're dealing with security tokens. And that's actually been one of the things slowing, slowing development down in the space. Good news on that front is that the DTCC is seems to be moving or like making moves into this space. Um, their, their project Whitney's on their website. Take a look at that if you haven't seen it, it's very interesting. So, you know, we, you know that's another thing that we need to have. It's, it's not just companies like Texture. We, we can't do this on our own. We need the other, you know, market infrastructure players um, around us to kind of move forward. That's how we really get takeoff in this space. 
Yeah, it's, it's really great to see that, you know, so much of that is being built out and that people who have professional money management experience and, and professional experience within the financial community are coming into the space. And it's, it's really, you know, making a complete community in which to, to do business in, in this regard. You should tell us a little bit about what you're up to, Baxter, because I, I don't want to hog everything here. I know that uh, you've got a book out and you've got a money management company, right? Well, that's correct. Yes. So at, at Honeycomb Digital Investments, we're looking to uh, provide products to investors that are looking to get into this exciting new digital space. As I mentioned earlier, we are focused on uh, income solutions for our investors. And we have a lot of experience with dealing with financial uh, advisors and people who are fiduciaries over over uh, you know big pools of money. What we're looking to do is provide some turnkey solutions for them to be able to get into this uh, new and exciting space. And we are looking to both run some funds as well as be a sub advisor to different separately managed accounts uh, that can be on an RIA's platform or uh, act as a separately managed account for an institution. Yep, exactly. And, and again, that's the kind, we're not managing money. Uh, we are. We, we do want to have investors on our platform, and we want obviously want to have you know Honeycomb on our platform as well. But at the same time, you you can be a funnel for more more money to come into this space, more investors to come in, which again is going to help the space grow. Yeah, I think having educate having educational types of opportunities like what we're dealing with now, making these interviews, having books, having different conferences, webinars that people can attend. People are going to continue to get more and more comfortable with this new technology. And I think it's just going to grow for, for many, many, many years to come. Absolutely agree. That's why we're here. So maybe let's talk just a little bit more about what you're doing on the technology front. Talk about some of the tech that you're using to make all of this possible. Yeah. So we are, you know, we, we built all our own technology, um, but we're not a technology company. We're a broker dealer. That's our business model. Um, we have, uh, you know, we can issue tokens onto the Ethereum blockchain, um, but we are blockchain agnostic. We are talking with some other blockchains um, about possibly having, you know, supporting them. And, and we're also kind of agnostic with regards to other token providers. So if somebody wants to issue a token using Securitize, we'll happily, you know, we, we want to trade that. We want to get that into our S, into our ATS, and, and figure out a way to trade it. And, and um, so that's kind of our approach here. The good thing, one of the great things about the blockchain space is that there's a ton of great technology out there um, that we've been able to use and adopt because there's been so much innovation going on. So uh, it's, it's really uh, you know, a very bountiful space in terms of technology. No doubt about that. Uh, maybe talk just also, we've got limited time and I just want to ask you one more question. What other types of securities uh, do you think we can list in, in the future? And what I'm, I mean there is, you know, you mentioned some about equity, but what about some other types of asset classes or different kinds of interesting investments can you think of that may go onto the blockchain? So I may have a different opinion to some other folks in the space. We're, we're focused on equity, um, you know, pretty much equity. Um, I think that, like I said, one of the key things is having liquidity. And um, I know that there are other players in the space looking at, for example, fixed income, and I, you know, that that's not our expertise, it's not our focus. But I have, you know, heard and seen examples of how there's like significant cost savings there. But I'm doubtful about how much liquidity you're able to, going to be able to get in the private credit markets. Often it's hard enough to trade, you know, off the run credit in in, in you know, listed markets and public markets. Um, so I think, you know, 
something else we're looking to integrate is stable coins at some point in 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 the near future um that you know one of the things we really want to kind of innovate here and um if we have a security tracks security transaction go off from the ats then to be able to settle that instantly delivery versus payment in an atomic transaction versus the state versus the stable coin would be a huge development so that's definitely on our roadmap for 2021 i think it's very deliverable and um, that is something that you can't do right now in public markets. They settle in T plus two. Um, and there's a lot of people looking at how to do it. So another thing we're trying to do here by going into private markets is showcase all the great things you can do with the technology. No, I think, you know, if, if we can get equity starting to trade on the blockchain, that's going to be in and of itself just a massive uh, step forward. Uh, what you said earlier about the private markets is is so true. It's just grown uh, tremendously over the last two decades. I think the stat that I saw said that there have been five times the number of companies that are private today than there were in 2000, but the number of publicly listed companies has dropped by something like 40%. So, you know, that trend I doubt is going to uh, subside. I think, you know, companies are going to continue to want to stay private. And this new blockchain-based structure is just perfect for them to, to continue to do that. Yeah, like the, you know, that, you know, talking about staying private longer. The average IPO this year, um, I, I did some calculations on that. That had been around 13 years before they went public. Um, so there's been a lot of employees who've probably gone through those companies and weren't able to exercise their options or getting that cash out. There's been a lot of investors who've been stuck with that investment for a while. I'm sure they'll do well having, having gone public, but that's a lot of liquidity risk to take on. So we want to solve that problem. Um, and, you know, we don't expect the private markets to be as liquid, um, but just, but more liquid um, is, a, is a, you know, a big improvement and can really transform, you know, how capital is allocated throughout the economy. Yeah, it's definitely a win, win, win all around for, Either the the issuer of the security, the, uh, the like you said, the employees, the investors. Uh, you can just reduce so many frictions and being able to have the blockchain run the cap table. You know, looking at everything from the options to the the stock, whatever it may be. Uh, it's just so much more dynamic and easier to to maintain. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you. Well, thank you so much, uh, Richard, for, for being here today and, and taking time to, to do this interview. We've really enjoyed uh, talking with you. And I'll pass it back to Tina at this point. Thanks, Baxter. Good chatting with you. You too.